taking my cat for a walk and I heard this screaming, a woman screaming. And she was screaming, stop, 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 help. And it was chilling. And I paused for a second because my instinct was to run, find this woman. I didn't care what situation she was in. I was going to die trying to help. I don't care. That's just my first reaction. Go, go find this lady. But then I stopped because unfortunately where I live, there's a lot of mentally ill people on the street and they do that. They scream. I stopped and I listened a little bit and I realized there was no muffling, there was no, you know, yelling and stopping, and, like, she was getting cut off, or, it was just a consistent yell, and, you know, I, I was a mentally, mentally ill person just walking down the street screaming, and it's really sad to me that we have no solution for people like that. Now, what does that have to do with our, our grand theme of being an addict? Because people shun, walk up, push away things that they don't understand, things that make them uncomfortable, or things that are their own fears. Most people wouldn't think to help that lady screaming in the middle of the night. They might just scoff, keep walking, think nothing of it. Because to take ownership of hearing it and doing something about it means doing something that makes you uncomfortable. Being in a situation makes you uncomfortable. Being around someone that's making you uncomfortable. And we don't do that in society. We lock it up, push it away, shun it. Addicts, we fall into the same category as mentally ill people. And we're treated exactly the same. And there's a huge lack of compassion from society towards addicts because they don't understand. And it's scary. And to accept responsibility for what's around them scares me. So we push and push and push. We look down on and judge. Act like we're better. One thing I've never understood with that though, something that just irritates the hell out of me and always has. When you have an actor or a singer, someone famous overdose and die, which happens a lot. The immediate reaction of the public is not oh well he was just junkie oh well he was just that that's it's sadness the appropriate reaction so when there's a funeral the whole topic isn't about their drug use it's just a regular funeral and of course everybody knows why they took too many pills shot up they know why 
person died, that person isn't being judged solely off that. But do you know how many addicts die in your city every day? And people just don't care. They're just a junkie. Oh, yeah, they overdosed. Yeah, they're just a drug addict. Where's the disconnect in compassion? Where did the compassion end? Why? I think I've mentioned it before, but again, it's just... The only thing I can think of is people feel like the person who's contributing. The actor, the singer, contributing something to humanity. Whereas the low-level drug addict isn't. Contributing to humanity. Wow. You know, there's a disconnect there too, though, because... I know that we asked each other in like third grade, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it's always nurse, doctor, rock and roll, you know, whatever. And we always list a career. So then, yeah, we are judging someone off of, are they contributing? We asked them in third grade, well, what do you want to be? But we should ask people, what do you want to be when you grow up? Do you want to be kind, caring, trustworthy? Or are you going to be angry, bitter, manipulative? That's the type of what do you want to be when you grow up, we should ask. Because because we don't, we're creating this gap with no bridge. Bridge should be compassion, but there is zero. For someone that we have deemed does not contribute to society. Why is it important to talk about it and to talk about this? Because it's important to understand why people don't like me. It's important just for you to understand people don't like you. Because the fact that people don't like us, it hurts. The fact that people will, will judge my entire character off of my use, it hurts. If I were to walk down the street with a sign on my forehead that said I'm an addict, no one would give a shit about me. I've said that before and I say it again. To walk down the street with sciences, I'm an addict. That's all anybody would care about. They wouldn't care about where I live, which is nice. They wouldn't care about that I work, steady job. They wouldn't care about any of those things. Because that one thing. There's this lack of compassion and understanding because people are scared. So again, they lock it up, they push it away, they shun it. I'm not sure what the solution is. And it does make me sad, but at least through understanding why people feel the way they do can help me simmer down a little bit and not be as frustrated. Because it does make sense. I really hope. I don't know. I really wish, I guess, that people were more compassionate. I want to say I hope they become more compassionate, but I don't think so. I mean... Tolerance is being developed. Laws are being passed. I know in my state, you can now carry drugs and you won't be arrested for it. Some people would see that as outrageous. I think it's a step forward. Who knows? Who knows the correct and utter answer? But... I know that the bridge of compassion needs to be built. There's nothing different between the rock and roll artist that died of heroin and your neighbor that died of heroin. There's nothing different. 
You shouldn't look at them differently, but you do. I do. I don't know. I, I guess there was no direct point to this specific episode other than to discuss that. For some reason, I think important. me humanity is so cold when they have they have the ability to be so kind and see them be kind in natural disasters see see the compassion it can be there and we choose not to use it we choose not to use it in our community or that are around us the closest because we're scared shun it push it away block it away kiss your sleep everybody good night we as humans are great at compartmentalizing things Sometimes it's how we deal with past traumas. Sometimes it's how we deal with just things that make us uncomfortable. Or just different faucets of our personality. Some people see one part of us at work. Some people see the personal part of us at home. There's, we keep ourselves in all these little boxes. And each, one, each, each door to each box opens at the appropriate time. We keep everything very separate. And if you don't, that usually means that you have poor self-control and you're a mess, pretty much. <laughs> but it's amazing the degree that, that we can compartmentalize. The degree that I have now compartmentalized. Meaning, I have never, ever, ever mixed my personal life with me using. I'm not friends with the people I buy from they, they think we're great but you know I'm not I don't hang out with them long I don't have them over they come over for whatever reason it's whatever the reason was and gone like I keep it very separate and I, I do my best not to think about it but ladies and gentlemen I've outdone myself this time I, as of today, work for one of the largest recovery programs in the United States of America. <laughs> now this, this is extreme compartmentalization right here. Because in my head, it's just a job. I always have a job. Even if I'm using or not, I have a job. And that's my job, and it's separate. And it's been easy because, you know, it has nothing to do with drugs. It's just a job. But now, it's like I'm an addict and I'm working in a massive recovery center. And it's kind of, it's, it's, it's definitely interesting. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how else to put it because it's like I have, I, but that's how much in my brain I've separated what I do with who I am. Because I still took the job knowing 
I'm still going to go back again tomorrow, knowing. You know, it's also difficult on, on other levels because we had our huge conflict of interest because I went through one of the programs just recently for over a year. And I personally had a god-awful experience. It was horrible. And it was cruel. And I don't understand why. But that's what happened. And I accept it for whatever reason that they have. I don't know. They won't give them to me when I ask. I've literally asked, why do you hate me before? And this place won't tell me. But, but you know, I have to just struggle, not just with the addiction, but that. Because I do have a lot of hatred and animosity in my heart. And I don't want to. I want to be proud of where I live. And I want to believe in their message of being caring and compassionate. But I didn't see compassion. And I didn't see care. So maybe there's a lot. And I'll get to see it. And I hope, I hope it's true. But why is this important to this because I'm done with timeline and just moving on with check-in pretty much you know it's kind of funny when I was growing up Mormon um, they teach you especially the girls you're supposed to keep a journal it's your legacy or whatever right oh my gosh you should have seen my middle school journal Woo-hoo! first crush broke my heart got like a little tear down the page and everything oh man classic I held on to that bitch for a minute anyways I don't journal though, right? Like, I don't sit down and write things down. I guess it's helpful, people say, but I just don't do it anymore. I kind of stopped when I left. And I realized that this is kind of like journaling. <laughs> what I'm doing now with this. And it is helpful. Because I don't have anyone to talk to about this. And I'm going to look into that, though. Maybe get that to change. Because I think having someone neutral that can treat me the same, that isn't just quit, 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 quit. That can, can accept who I am and what I'm going through and just give me counsel like a normal person, that would be great. I think that'd be helpful. But yeah, as we move forward with this, you know, I work for a recovery center. It's insane. It's crazy, I know. But I mean, I would never, ever, ever give a substance to anyone. And I would never, ever, ever encourage it or tell someone it's right. Like, I'm really, again, compartmentalized. Like, when I'm there, I am recovery. <laughs> I am recovery all the way, you know? But it's, it's weird, you know? It's, it's like having two different people in my head or being two different people. It's kind of, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to turn out. I do know that the universe has a plan for everything. And sometimes I don't see it at first. Sometimes it takes a while to figure that plan out. But when I, when I see the plan all of a sudden, I see where that situation led me, then it makes sense. And it was what I was supposed to do. You know, right now is COVID. It's been going on for a year. All of a sudden, there's another strain that's coming out. It's going to keep going. It's hard to find a job. You know? Like, if I had all sorts of choices, then I'd probably go somewhere else. But right now, addicts aren't going anywhere. There were always going to be addicts to go to those programs and fill this company's pockets. So, I don't have to worry about losing my job over that, over COVID, you know? So, it's a good move strategically, career-wise move. I got benefits, PTO, 401k. I mean, it's 
hard to find that. It's really hard to find that anymore without a degree. You know, I had it my last job, and I never thought I'd find it again. So I'm holding on, ladies and gentlemen. I'm seeing where this takes me. I'm sure I'll have plenty of interesting effing stories to tell from it, that's for sure. There are some people that work there that know, that know about me. There's a couple, but they haven't said anything so far, so. It's frustrating, you know, though. It's kind of like, I always have to kind of wonder in the back of my head, what if someone I know on the street decides to get clean, and I'm, I'm working at one of the buildings that they're living in, and, you know, maybe we weren't the best of friends, and they say something. There's one person in particular I can think of right now that's talking about going to this recovery program, and they do not like me. So it's like, I have to kind of stress about that. And all I know is everyone's stressing right now. You know, I'm not the only one. And I'm definitely not the only addict that's ever worked at a recovery center. It happens. And I know when you live in a white picket fence, you think that it doesn't happen. But it does. It truly does. The world doesn't work the way it's supposed to hardest pill to swallow that there is and if you can live your whole life without having to swallow that pill god damn you're lucky god damn you're lucky but I could still see the world the way I saw it growing up where I thought cops were always the good guys drugs are bad alcohol is bad sex before marriage is bad just this little pink rosy thing Grow up, go to college, get a little apartment, find the love of your life, have kids, maybe get a little career, settle down, retire, have grandchildren. The end. Oh dear God. You know, I see this playing out though in my in my cousins and some of my brothers and sisters. Their little lives are playing playing out like that. You know, and as we move forward in this podcast, I don't necessarily have a topic anymore for each one. Again, it's just kind of a check-in. Because it's important to know. Again, that you're not alone. That the stupid shit that you do every day to cover up what you do is the stupid shit that I do every day to cover up what I do. We're all the same. I'm gonna go through the same things that you go through. Like, I sleep last night. Part of it was I knew my sleep schedule was gonna get fucked. I am up at nights right now. I'm working days. So I have to switch it. That's hard on anybody. But number two, I got a new kind of dope. And it is really wakey-wakey-uppy. So I know that's part of the reason too. It didn't help. So I gotta feel like shit and exhausted all day over it. And I know you know how that feels. It does not feel good when all you wanna do is sleep and you can't. It's not fun no more. It's not fun at all. It's horrible. It makes you sick. So yeah, I gotta deal with those shit like that too. It fucking sucks. My arm hurts like a bitch today. I don't know why. I can't straighten it quite all the way without hurting. I got a nice bruise there. Same shit you go through. You're not alone. See, I don't really talk about stuff like that all the time. My arm hurts. I got a bruise. I have dried blood on it right now. I haven't wiped off. That part has to be said. Because I do not want to be responsible ever for someone thinking that they can function as an addict too. Because you don't know that. And I don't want you to try to find out. If you're sober, you're gonna goddamn stay sober. So if I have to throw in little things about my blood dried on my arm, my arm fucking hurts, and this and that, then I will. 
that, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you got some sleep, or you're getting some sleep, or you're going to get some sleep, and please pray for my soul, because I need some sleep tonight. I got work all day tomorrow. I had a recovery center. But you know what I got to do first? Get some more dope and go to sleep. All right, good night, guys. I realized that I hadn't explained why I use today. I've mentioned that it's not a priority as much anymore. It's something I could quit. So if I can and it's not a priority, then why don't I quit? It's two things, and it may sound kind of silly <laughs> at first, but let me explain. The first thing is my energy levels. Oh, yes, I'm an adult. I'm in my 30s, mid-30s now, Jesus Christ. And drinking coffee to stay awake all day long is not new. Everyone has energy levels. Until you hit like 90 and weirdly you're up at like 3 a.m. Good to go. Maybe. But I had a kid when I was really young. And I noticed right afterwards that I was tired all the time. Like it didn't matter how well I slept, how long I slept. I was exhausted. And I thought it was hormonal and it would go back normal and it never did so a normal sober day for me looks like waking up after say eight ten hours of sleep waking up and within 45 minutes to an hour i'm falling asleep i am so drowsy that it's ridiculous and it sucks because i know it's coming i know and some mornings i'm so awake that i think maybe today maybe today it won't be like that and then it happens, and it's dangerous. Like, I've had long commutes to work before and not being able to stay awake. I've had to pull over. I've had to rest my eyes, pull over and rest my eyes an hour after I wake up just so I can make it to effing work. That's ridiculous. It's not normal. There's something wrong, but I don't know what. But I do know that my drug of choice helps with that tremendously. Because by 3 p.m. On, on a normal sober day, I'm throwing up. I'm so tired. My eyes are red and dry. I feel like something's pressing on my head really tight. Like some days I even think I'm wearing a really tight hat and I go to, you know, go to move it and there's no hat there. That's how it feels. And I don't know why. I can't make it go away. No caffeine makes it go away. Nothing. No energy drink. Energy drinks actually make me tired. And why? Ba ba ba. Because, ladies and gentlemen, I am ADD. That leads me into my second reason. I can't enjoy anything. Why? Because I can't sit and actually do it. I'm ADD. Adult ADD. It's actually really rare as an adult. But dear gods, I have it. And it messes with everything. Like trying to watch a movie for me is like putting a movie on, playing on my phone, putting a YouTube video the front of whatever I'm doing on the phone, so I'm watching the movie and the YouTube video and dinking around on my phone. Gotta go to the bathroom, get up, go to the bathroom, up, oh, the sink's dirty, clean the sink. Well, might as well keep cleaning the whole thing, clean the whole thing, come back out, up, oh, the movie's over. Fuck. Well, that was good. You know, and it's nonsense. I have to yell at my cat. Bro, get down! Oi! Do not make me get off this bed! You know better. No. And it's frustrating because 
I really want to watch the movie, you know, but if you go your whole life not being able to enjoy anything, it's really hard to wake up in the morning and want to get up. And I know that we're busy, right? We got work, kids, everything. But even busy moms can sit in the tub. Bro! Sit in the tub and have a few seconds of peace. And I'm totally still putting this on my podcast, even with the yelling, because I'm tired of trying to do this segment. Again, <laughs> my cats will never be quiet. <laughs> but it's, it's frustrating. Yeah, even the busiest mom could sit in a tub and get some peace, right? I can't, though. And if you can never get peace in your life, and if you can never de-stress, it's a pretty miserable life. You know, so I'm always stuck in between this limbo. Like, do I do the right thing and and not use and just suck it up and be grateful that I'm doing the right thing? Or do I not suck it up and actually enjoy my life a little bit? And that's really how it is. That's really what it comes down to. On my neck, I have tattooed Pursuit of Happiness because my whole life has been that. Probably do a whole fucking uh, segment on that. But you know, from relationship to relationship, to drug to drug, addiction to one another, whatever, moving where I live. Oh my gosh, you know, hobbies. I've tried so many different things in the pursuit of happiness, and I finally realized that it really is just my ADD. I always thought if I just kept searching and trying new things that I eventually would find that one thing that I could actually sit and do. But I can't. I can't find it. And there's plenty of things I enjoy. If I could sit and do them. Take video games, for example. I freaking love video games. Love it. As a kid, I loved it. Love it now. But... If I go to sit and play a game, I can only play for maybe 10 minutes before I want to quit. Worth it. Done. So my video game library is obnoxiously huge. So I keep trying, again, to find the one that can suck me in. Because it has happened. Zelda. That sucked me in. When I, but when I was a kid, I didn't seem to struggle with this as much as a kid. But, you know, it's, I can't sit and do it. You know, when I'm using, I can sit and play a game for hours. And I enjoy it very much. I go to bed feeling like I enjoyed part of my day. Is that really so much to ask? Is that really so much to want? Really, Is that really so much to want? Does that make me a disgusting, degenerate drug addict? Because I want to just be able to sit down and enjoy an activity that I like. It's called the uh, freaking dragon society, a low-light junkie, just trash, it's all the things I'm called, I'm told to go kill myself, all because of use, and why, because I want to sit down and enjoy something, and I want to stay awake to do that, I think that's what people don't realize, that there's lots of reasons some of them might even be physically, physical medical reasons. You don't know. So slow your effing roll. You're about to throw out your judgments. You don't, you don't know that person. But that's, yeah, that's, I guess, my reasons for today for doing it. And maybe if something comes into my life that I value to the point that I'm too afraid to lose it. 
maybe maybe I'll quit and just be happy with that whatever that is doing the right thing I don't know I can only think of one thing if it happens it's far down the road until then there I am there's so many negative things that are attached to it that I do wish I could stop. I wish there was another solution. No, I'm not going to say that I wish I could stop. I know I can. I've done it a million times. I just wish there was a solution. I wish there was something I could take that would help. I know a lot of drugs that used to be on the market help aren't on the market anymore or they're extremely hard to get. And unfortunately, that's what would help get it. God bless America. God bless fucking America. I need certain med. I can't get it. It would be life changing. I can't get it. Is there anything out there that make you stop? Do you suffer the same way that I do? Are your reasons the same? not in my early 20s anymore just trying to be a rebel and a party animal I'm partied out there's no more party in me and I'm rebelled out there's no more rebel in my ass <laughs> it's gone if you maybe one day I'll share something about my past but trust me the rebel is dead I just want slippers hot chocolate and a fireplace with the cats and I'm chill you know what I don't get to sit in front of a fireplace with slippers and my cats and chill when I'm sober. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, get enough sleep so that you can function in the morning. Good night.